I'm Lena. I'm Grant. And this is Sex Archie. With generous promotional consideration from Dianetics Centers International. Is that Scientology shit? That's right. We're a Riverdale <laughs> recap podcast. We're here talking yeah. about Chapter 52, The Raid. Yes, it is Scientology stuff because there's one of those up by on Southport. By Greg Murray and Ace Hassan, directed by Pamela Romanowski. That Scientology place is the creepiest <laughs> fucking thing. Like, that looks like a place where, like, if they give you candy, you are getting shoved in the basement. <laughs> but anyways, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Well, let, let's start by uh, talking about why the episode title I just said is not what we said at the end of last week. Why? Why is it? I don't know. Uh, we, we were working on some outdated information. It's not the first time. I think uh, they made a mistake here because the master was a great title. Uh, the title is taken from The Raid Redemption, a 2011 uh, uh, martial arts action film about cops and gang members and drugs being cooked at the top of a, a apartment building, and they have to fight their way up to them. Are you are you sure it's not taken from the Raid Two? It could be from the Raid Two, <laughs> the twenty fourteen sequel. But yes, the the Raid Redemption came out uh, not long before Dread, and then there was Dread a lot is of so good comparison between them because of their similarities. Dread's better. You have not seen the no, Raid Redemption. No, Dread's better. Okay. <laughs> I just want to be very factual and accurate before people who love their kung fu, before people who love their uh, martial arts action films. Some of the most highly regarded of the genre in the last 20 years. I don't give a fuck. Dread's better. Okay. <laughs> so we start this episode in the halls of Riverdale High. Our with the lights dim. Our serpents are there after dark in their jackets with sheriff badge patches sewn on the front. And not the, a good look. And the back says, trainee. Big fashion faux pas. These are not, not good. Uh, and they, they are sneaking around the school not to steal stuff, not to break in, not to have a, a midnight club reunion, <laughs> but to to train. They yeah. they are having a, a simulation experience. Mm-hmm. They're they're cop larpers. Yes, and they uh, apparently are very bad at it because Sheriff Keller was gonna blow Sweet Pea's head off with a fake laser. <laughs> nice laser pointer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why are the children being SWAT trained? Why are these the tactics that they need to know? Sheriff Keller has seen some shit. <laughs> uh, just, just to remind everybody, he failed to capture the only murderers in in his entire tenure as sheriff. Well, what I love here is that FP is so pissed at them for doing bad at the simulation, and I'm like. When did you get trained? <laughs> Have you been trained? No. No. Uh, and so he is is not letting any of them out uh, until they can work together as a team. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. It kind of seemed like they were working as a team. They were whispering a lot to each other to try to sneak. But Sweepy had his head blown off. Yeah. Well, it's so tall. He He's a, you know, the... the <laughs> Tallest blade of grass is the first to be cut. I'm not going to let you out until you shrink five inches. And blend in with the crowd. 
everyone must wear beanies and be this high. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everyone must be this dreamy. And the camera cuts to fangs. Yeah. 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 No uh, IQs over 80. <laughs> the camera stays on fangs. Oh, that's mean. <laughs> that's so mean. They're not bright boys, darling. We've covered this. Just with bow and arrows. And They're not bright with those. So at Pops, Betty is uh, giving Veronica a good old pep talk mm-hmm. with, well, are you sure you can't see anything good in this divorce? Here's here's the silver line you're, you're looking for. Uh, it's a bad marriage. Bad marriages are better ended than continued. Your your parents kind of fucking hate each They're... other. <laughs> and they keep trying to murder each other. So this is probably better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You are living in a spy versus spy strip, Veronica. You're going to get hurt. Uh, but Veronica is going to hold to how she's been raised, which mm-hmm. is to believe that family is the most important thing. And I'm like, I don't know. I think your parents are showing you. They disagree. <laughs> and like, th- there are things that will come up later in this subplot that make it more believable. But at this point, I would believe that from any of the other teens. Veronica seems so much more worldly. And, and Yeah, I'm like, your parents did not teach you that shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, this, this is a, a believably naive teenage thing, but naive is the last thing I would call Veronica. I guess it's all that Catholic guilt. Right. I, like I say, that's something that comes up later and like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But until that gets introduced, I'm like, are you, are you sure? Is this supposed to be just Veronica's big blind spot? And I guess her dad kind of always has been. So, I mean, there's some of it, but like, come on. Come on, Veronica. You know, you know. <laughs> uh, so then Evelyn comes waltzing in, wanting to hang up some flyers for the farm's open house. Mm-hmm. She is allowed to do this. But uh, Betty just has to give a look to Veronica, and Veronica <laughs> knows that uh, they have a date to mm-hmm. go visit the farm. Yes, a spy date. A spy date. Uh, over at the now Jones household, mm-hmm. formerly known as the Cooper household. Where they have a pool table in the living room. Hell yes. Like you do. I, th- I think they stole it by cover of night from the White Worm. It, it has yeah. the serpent logo in the felt. Yeah. It's very good. So FP is informing everyone that the old homestead, the old trailer, was found burnt to a crisp. And with burned drug paraphernalia all up inside it. Everyone's like, oh, how about that? Don't know anything about that. (laughs) What a shame. What has the world come to? And Jelly Bean's like, come on, Dad. We're missing the Saturday morning cartoons. And they both take their breakfast and go eat breakfast Watching cartoons together. What do you think Jellybean watches? I like to think that they just watch Netflix cartoons, yeah. but it's a tradition to do it on Saturday mornings. I think Jellybean's probably real into Boruto. Boruto? Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't even know who his dad is. Kids these days, I, I swear. I don't know what that is. Is it an anime? It is. It is a sequel series to Naruto. Yeah. Yeah. I like to think that maybe they found some old VHS tapes of taped Saturday morning cartoons <laughs> yeah. from like Betty or something in the basement. And uh, <laughs> she, she just watches making... the 70s Archie show and like the scales fall for her from her eyes and she wakes up in a white void. 
I was thinking more like they're watching Pepper Ann and, and Recess. There's a plug in the back of her neck. She's crawling out of a slime pot. Yeah. <laughs> and Lawrence Fishborn tells her she's never actually used her muscles before. Jellybean really likes Erie, Indiana. So she's just your self-insert then? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's fun. <laughs> I don't know. What were kids watching, like, in what... 2003? The answer is always Pokemon. That show has been on forever. Yokai Watch. That's a thing. There we go. Yokai Watch. I don't know how old that is, but that's a thing. <laughs> and I'm like, why is it a watch? I don't know. Maybe it's like Neighborhood Watch. They watch for them. They just, just like peek out of watches like, whoop. <laughs> Oh, so it's a pun. It's a double meaning. Yeah. They live in the watch and they peek out to neighborhood watch. I mean, that's probably what it is, actually. I don't know. But yeah, so they go off to watch their Saturday morning cartoons of unnamed kinds. Gladys and Jughead are left alone to almost fight it out. (laughs) I'm waiting for a knife to get drawn on someone during this. They have to have their tense family moment about, Uh, like, you better stop messing. Oh, I have not yet begun to mess. And I'm going to drive you out of town. And I'd uh, like to see you try, kiddo. Uh, up to the point where, where Gladys grabs Jughead's head, like his hair. That jugged head. And and threatens him that if he crosses her again, not going to like what happens. And then lays the creepiest kiss on his cheek. And he grimaces all tense. Oh. It's, I mean, it is, like, really disturbing. It's messed up. Especially considering, like, poor Jughead had a little bit of abuse from FP before. Mm-hmm. And now he's getting it from his mom! He cannot win! All parents love to grab Jughead by one body part or another. Oh, my. Shoulders. Oh, my. Hair. I'm just thinking of all the other parents in Riverdale. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> So, anyways, before this gets creepier... Sure, before this gets creepier, we're going to go visit the cult. Uh, the cult uh, now has a wonderful, cheery tour guide named Kevin. Uh-huh. Who's a shit tour guide, by the way? He he is uh, bringing a group of, what, four? Including <laughs> Betty. Including Betty and Veronica through, uh, pointing out uh, some of the students painting a mural. Mm-hmm. Uh, or not students... And we called them students. Farmies. Farmies. It's all like, guess what's behind this door? It's the gargoyle chamber. And then... Well, Betty says, under her breath, it's for, like, where you drown someone during a baptism or something. He's like, what? Huh? <laughs> and then she asks, hey, what's what's in this room here? Gesturing to uh, labeled room 317. And he... he Tells her it's just a janitor closet, and then moves on without answering his own posed question. Yeah. He doesn't answer his rhetorical question about the gargoyle chamber. They just walk away. What the fuck? Where's your patter? You're leaving dangling threads in your own tour. Yeah. And he's like, oh, we're going to go see the garden. And I'm like, you haven't even told us anything. He Tell seems us the so history of the proud building. of what happens behind that door. And then he's just like, fuck, you're not going to know. Hey, do, do, Kevin, do, do. tell us about how a different cult used to live here. Sorry, we're, we're going to look at the radishes now. Uh, Got to keep time. Does no one have any like PTSD about being in this building? <laughs> this building that was like a house of horrors. Mm-hmm. Like, no one has an issue? No None one of these has, people? No one has no any one issues. No one has any issues. 
the tour goes off in one direction, and uh, suddenly Alice comes out of the the chamber, and Betty stops to talk to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Alice just kind of brushes her aside, like, "Oh, well, enjoy your tour. Gotta <laughs> get going." Ed and Betty's very shocked by this. They haven't talked. They haven't communicated at all. And she's like, "Well, you're the one that forsook me." Mm-hmm. So bye. Yeah. That's what the kids are calling CPR these days, forsooking. Yes. Because that's like the last time they interacted. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Betty fucking saved her. Well, no, burned the house down. That's okay, yeah. But still. But still. Well, yeah, let's forget about the fact that your daughter, like, saved your fucking life. But She was very rude during the real estate open house. Now she's coming here to ruin the farm's open house? An open house is not an open invitation to ruin someone's house. Sounds like it is. <laughs> no, those are extra words. They, they don't it's belong. It's just an open house. It doesn't say. It's not like only nice things allowed. Open house means you, you, you put all the windows open and you crank up the heat and, and you heat the whole neighborhood. And then all of the dads get very angry. So uh, then some unnamed farmy comes out and asks Betty if she's interested in a, a quick and easy interview. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what, for a job? So, like, so, are we hiring? So they begin the Oxford personality assessment, basically. With Evelyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it's like, oh, name, occupation, uh, do you bite your fingernails? Do you feel stressed? <laughs> do you consider yourself a cold person? Uh, and then Betty's interview's over. She's yeah. like, okay, yep, we'll call you. Don't call us. Evelyn is not interested in giving the full assessment to, to Betty Cooper. No. And I'm like, you know what, Evelyn? Don't be so fucking judgmental. <laughs> what happened to the farm is a place for everyone, huh? Obviously, that is not the truth. You only want two out of three Coopers? You're so close to having the whole set. Oh, she has like four. Oh, the babies. The babies. Juniper and Dagwood, in case mm-hmm. we've forgotten their names. I don't think they can do the interview, though. They don't talk yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all I can hope is that Dagwood gets a nickname, mm-hmm. but none of them are good. <laughs> Daggy, Woody. Mm, big Wood. I mean, they could call him Dagger and be Ooh. a Sequest fan. Sure, why not? Everyone's a Sequest fan in this world with 23-hour days. <laughs> it's all up for grabs. Yeah. Uh, back at the, the Lodge household, uh, Hermione is very angry. <laughs> and she yells into the phone and hangs up. And we find out that Hiram is finally opening his prison, mm-hmm. which I thought was open all that, this time. That was the soft open. Apparently now we're getting a hard open. That, that was just for like annual pass holders. That was that was the press event. Okay, so now this is the hard open where we yes. lock people up it's, and it's, close the doors. It's open to the public, but it's a prison. So it's the opposite of that. I'm just so, I'm like, what the fuck? I'm... Haven't we been talking about his prison making drugs? You don't have to be open to make drugs in something. In fact, but, it helps if it's not. Shouldn't there be people in the prison then, which means it's open? I think you want your criminal friends to make the drugs, not your inmates. I thought the inmates were making the drugs. They are now. It's open. Ring-a-ding-ding. Dinner's on. I thought that's what's been going on for months. <laughs> Darling. What? The entire run of the show, all of these events have happened in 18 months. Okay, when I say months, I mean like two months. I thought it's been open for like two months. <laughs> I'm just saying it, it was a very short test run. 
But anyways, he's having a ribbon cutting like you do for a prison. Mm -hmm. Hermione, the mayor, is not invited. Veronica points out, well, you did try to kill him twice. Thank you. She at least learned that lesson. But the reason Hermione is so upset is this is a public display that they are no longer together, that she's lost his protection. And since she was a mob boss's wife, mm -hmm. that's going to be bad. Disunity is weakness. There, There's a, a soft target waiting to be picked off from the herd. Yes. So meanwhile, over at the uh, Andrews household, uh, Jughead is living it up with having being neighbors and being able to raid two fridges. Mm -hmm. He's having second breakfast yet again. Yes, I love this boy has ate more food mm -hmm. in the past like four episodes well, than he has the entire show. He's talked about eating more food. We generally find him post meal. He's for, had chips for like filming was, continuity purposes. But he's like had food yes. in his hands, a little snack, a little thing in his, like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it has been very much implied. He's a regular Han Solo, and I do mean the Fast and the Furious Han. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Was he was he a two pack a day man when he was twelve? <laughs> yeah, when we get to the middle school prequel, yeah, yeah, yeah. We find out he was part of a gang. Yeah, it'll Boys be called and... Little Riverdale. It'll be yeah. based on the Little Archie books, so there will be time travel and alien abductions. And I went shopping at C two E two and found some shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jughead's uh, talking about how, you know, he's going to be dismantling his mother's drug trade uh, mm -hmm. one place at a time. Bit by bit, tighten that noose. And, you know, till he runs her out of town. And Archie brings up the fact, well, what about Jellybean when that happens? And he hasn't quite figured that out yet, <laughs> uh, but he will. Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. Archie gets a call, a collect call from the Leopold and Loeb prison. And it is Mad Dog! Mad Dog! And I was so right! Mad Dog was not killed uh, when he was covering Archie's escape. He, he was merely, well, probably severely beaten. Probably. Probably. But uh, sent back to his cell and has been in L&L ever since. Yes. Uh, if you would like to learn more about Leopold and Loeb, the you should check out our uh, Valen Crimes episode of History Honeys. Leopold and Loeb, the, the historical figures. Not... The fake prison. There's really not much to say about we've we've said it all on this show, so you, you you're already up to speed. Yeah. So so Jughead is now uh, rallying the serpents that they are going to be Riverdale's unofficial uh, DIA. DEA. DEA. That's where I knew I typed it wrong. They're going to be the Detroit Institute of Arts. <laughs> I knew it was wrong. <laughs> They're going to be Riverdale's unofficial DEA. They're going to start the do-it-yourself movement. <laughs> they are going to hit all the hotspots for the drugs. Mm -hmm. With their DRM to protect uh, their, their digital rights. <laughs> I made a typo and I just read what I typed without realizing it was wrong until it came out. <laughs> <sighs> I make detailed notes for you. I would like you to remember this. I appreciate this. that so much. My fingers my, have to move very fast. My next note is probably from five scenes from now. Yes. Yes, it is. If it wasn't for me, the people would not know what happens. <laughs> uh, so Archie goes to jail. Oh, no, it was only from one scene from now. Never mind. No, 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 no. To talk to Mad Dog and the whole, like, behind glass phone phone thing. Mm -hmm. uh, 
we find out that baby teeth is still around, thumpers still thumping. Um, that they are shutting down L and L. Yes. And everyone is going to be shipped to the new prison on the south side. And I'm it's, like, wait. It's dedicated juvenile wing. I kind of didn't realize that L&L was, I don't know, just on like the west side of Riverdale <laughs> or something. I thought it was very much upstate. It's but if close we're... enough for the River Vixens to just have a road trip to do one song, most of one song, and then leave. It's also close enough that Riverdale Southside is the only Southside to reference. <laughs> <laughs> there is no other Southside between L&L and Riverdale. You know what this means? Ever since they closed Southside High to build this new prison there are more prisons than high schools in this town more There's... prisons than restaurants more prisons than nightclubs i've said i've seen a real big problem here this town I... is fucked to the core see i thought it was close enough that a day trip made sense but i thought like okay a good like i don't know 50 to 80 miles away at least mm -hmm. not three blocks down <laughs> Does anyone who makes the show have a map? Yes, they do. We have we have to talk about that later. I need to see their map. Uh, Mad Dog and Archie are having a, a good chat about this. Mm -hmm. uh, and they are not, like, talking hush-hush. They're talking pretty loud, I think, for... Uh, sharing news that well, they're they're covered by guard prisoner privilege. Yeah, it's a very important uh, uh, legal so, precedent. So we have that when Mad Dog talks about how all of the guards uh, who are involved with the fight, the Fight Club, are going to be moving to the new prison with them and are going to start the Fight Club up again. Yes, and they're all like, "Yeah, it's fine. You can tell our secrets." <laughs> uh, so Archie promises mad dog that he's gonna get him out of there that he's gonna uh try to help get mad dog connected to his family again who mad dog can't like reach by phone they do not accept collect calls it's a it's a family tradition uh so veronica goes to visit archie in his new gym and is all like surprised that her dad gave it to him <laughs> it's a long story and and archie has called her to fill her in on what's going on with L and L, and to ask for her assistance. And at first, she thinks she he wants her to break everyone out of jail. She does have experience in that. No, he wants her to use uh, her involvement, that short-lived involvement with the Innocence Project. No, I, I got a question. Why can we say the Innocence Project, but not Macy's? Why? <laughs> Is it because it's a non-profit thing? They're they're just gonna throw they're, that around. They're not gonna like sue. I uh, their their money is better spent doing other legal things, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe they, because they, it's a nice thing and not like a consumer thing. They are presented in a positive light, except that Veronica was pretty bad at it, I guess. Yeah. Veronica, however, comes up with the idea to force the governor who's supposed to meet with her father mm. to actually meet with Archie. Yes. To blackmail him. Uh, governor Dooley is very surprised to see uh, a bunch of teenagers. And Veronica says, oh, that was a pretense to lure you in here. Uh, by the way, this is my ex-boyfriend, Archie. Which is the point where he should just like take his hat and his coat and, and leave. Like, oh, 
instead of saying hello, you're saying, yes, I lied to, to secure this meeting. Well, I, I shall take my leave now. Archie lets him know that uh, if he leaves, he will go straight to the papers and tell his story about the forced fight club mm-hmm. that uh, the governor was often there to witness. And mm-hmm. there will be many mm-hmm. other people who will testify to this. And he better pardon a lot of people right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, Governor Dooley and Warden Norton seem to be best bros. But I think the implication is that uh, all of the Fight Club kids are going to lie under oath. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> we sure didn't see him before this episode. Betty meets up with Cheryl at Pops. Mm-hmm. And thanks her for agreeing to help. And Cheryl is very quick to let her know she has not agreed to anything. <laughs> she agreed um, to have a milkshake bought for her. Yes. Betty wants Cheryl to go undercover at the farm to get the insider scoop uh, on what's going on, especially since Evelyn was trying to lure her. Yes. Uh, during the play. Ooh. Yes. That, and Cheryl's not really into this, but... Betty keeps talking about, like, well, you know, your family, your niece and nephew. Yeah. What about enough, Jason? He was going to go to the farm. Mm-hmm. So that that is what finally hooks her. She has to figure out what the farm is about to know what Jason was, was trying to do with his life. Yeah, and I'm kind of like, how are you not curious about this? Also, Before Betty, now? mention the drowning. Mention that they, they try to drown each other, and that's, like, entry level, apparently. Yeah, so that means they're drowning babies left and right. Or, like, intermediate, I guess. So Cheryl, uh, the next day at school, has a good cry in the bathroom stall mm-hmm. just when Evelyn just happens to be there. And, of course, Evelyn, uh, being the musket-involved-in-everything person she is... Uh, has to knock on the door and see if everything's okay. Cheryl is just putting on the biggest show that she and uh, Tony have broken up, that it's over again, uh, that she doesn't know what she's going to do. And Evelyn offers uh, her friendship. Yeah, Evelyn, you really are new to this school, aren't you? Yes. (laughs) If someone breaks up with Cheryl, they aren't seen again. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it goes. Uh, so then, uh, Cheryl busts into, like, the schoolroom that Betty's in, saying, I'm in, cousin. <laughs> the most fabulous entrance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Sweet Pea is going to the weirdest fucking comic book store I've ever seen. Yes. I'm it... pretty sure they do seances in the back room. Well, we've seen this comic book store before. It's it's the one where, yes. uh, they, they first went when we got the, the list of Fizzle Rock hotspots. Yes, but this is like, we're seeing more of it. We're, we're seeing the front desk, not the back room. Pretty sure there's a fortune teller in the back <laughs> who's gonna, like, offer some sexy time. Yeah, I don't know how you're supposed to find the books There's, you like, want, no books. But there is a lot of decor. There's a lot of theming. There's a lot of fabric hanging from the walls. I don't know how many friendly local comic book stores are also inside uh, antique shops. But, you know, it it's a market niche that they seem to have carved out for themselves. I wish them the best. Yeah. Sweet Pea. Uh, asks uh, if he can get a little game enhancement. Some, some natural game enhancement. It's... You know, for my 
Manliness. It's uh, it's straight from Vietnam. Uh, the the FDA doesn't know anything about it. You know, the serpents, Riverdale's FDA. <laughs> so the comic book dude mm-hmm. uh, brings out a comic book and opens it, and inside there is a package of fizzle rocks. But he's like presenting in a way that's like, yes, look at this comic. It's it's limited edition, fifty dollars. <laughs> Uh, and with that, Sweet Pea grabs him and pulls him over the counter, mm-hmm. and then all the other uh, serpents rush in, and Jughead draws a knife on him <laughs> and and lets him know that he was in a good mood the last time he was here, but he's not in a good mood right now. No, no, no. So don't fuck with him. So we are informed that the gargoyles are the ones distributing the uh, drugs, and you need to look for the gargoyles on the wire. And then we are informed what that means in case you don't know drug stuff. <laughs> I knew this. You knew this. Tell tell the people the the drug I, well, thing. Well, I you knew, knew that it could be a thing. The, the the connection to like shoes on the wire can mean that there's like or like on telephone wires can be that there's like a drug house or mm-hmm. drug dealer or something. But in this case, it is plastic gargoyles bound by string. Yes. As some sort of bookend bolas that are thrown over telephone wires to mark the street corners where the gargoyles deal. And the thing is, is like, I always like heard years ago that Mm -hmm, that was a thing. mm -hmm. But I was like, was that really a thing or is that like an urban legend thing? I think that's as true as like gang members driving at night without their headlights on and they have to run you off the road if you flash your high beams at them. Yeah. It's like I think it's that level I, of real. I think it's the thing where like let's say that's what this is just to scare people. So let's just throw a lot of shoes around. If it's true, then that That makes, means they're dealing drugs out of our alley. That also makes uh the beginning of the the children's basketball film like Mike. Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, they do. But in any case, Jughead orders them to to uh, tear the place apart to find not only all of their drugs, but also any gaming-related items. Yes, because we so, can't have games. Jughead's gone from being a cop to, to performing book burnings. Yeah, great look. Love you, kid. <laughs> but I want to see them carrying out just, like, milk crates of 15-year-old, like, OGL D20 glut garbage that yeah. has been sitting there collecting dust. No one's ever going to buy. I just want, like, fangs to be like, what about the anime girls? <laughs> <laughs> Should we be worried about these? Well, Fangs is popping open a comic book and reading during this interrogation. Yeah. I love him so yeah. much. But yes, he's definitely taking the manga home for himself. I need to confiscate this for the children. Fangs loves One Piece, especially how they draw the ladies. I don't know what One Piece is. It's a really popular and, and really highly regarded uh, pirate adventure series. For, oh, yeah, the type that has like the tentacles. <laughs> there there might be like actual octopuses involved. They are pirates. Okay, not like the vagina tentacles. There are no vagina tentacles in one piece. Because that's a thing, right? I, oh, I love you, Derek. <laughs> what? I don't know what it's called. But anyway, here's here's a picture of like the 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 main crew that of course grows over time. And you see you see all the the, the variety in in the men's bodies, and you see the two identical booby women. Oh. Yeah, it's... 
People like this. Pe- I mean, people like the story. People like the action. It's It's been going for many, many years. But there is one real complaint to be made in the art. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently that person can only draw one person. And, and she is endowed. Could at least have made, like, the other one's boobs bigger. <laughs> I don't know if fake you, it. I don't know if they could get bigger. They have severe back problems. Uh, so meanwhile, Betty has hooked uh, Cheryl up with a wire mm-hmm. uh, that she inherited from when the, the Riverdale Register closed. Yeah, yeah. Because that's used, a thing. Mom used to do some uh, clandestine uh, uh, wiretapping, I guess. And now Cheryl's bug is bugged. There's a mic in her brooch. Yes. So she goes to the farm and she starts getting questioned by Evelyn mm-hmm. with the same stuff of like, what's your favorite color? She gets more questions in and then... Edgar comes in and yes. he is going to continue her questioning. Or does the vest only come later? She's- I think he's just in a shirt buttoned on more than yours right now. With a nice long necklace. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Chad Michael Murray has aged well. <laughs> you, you weren't that into him when he was playing a teen? He is so much better looking now. Yeah? He was not that great. I never quite understood why people thought he was attractive then. I get it now. Yeah, yeah. Unlike, say, Skeet Ulrich. Well, I mean, Skeet Ulrich has a lot more years, but... Skeet Ulrich has been hot for 100% of his career. Yes, he's been a beautiful man that, like, looks more like Johnny Depp now than Johnny Depp does, and it's strange. (laughs) (laughs) It's so strange. Um, So Edgar uh, is a total creeper, (laughs) uh, talking about, like automatically going in about like Cheryl's loss and how she Mm -hmm. must have experienced some and about how uh you know did she get a chance to grieve and Cheryl uh is is just talking about her experience (laughs) of you know almost dying at Sweetwater River and seeing Jason Mm -hmm. um and he he goes on about how her her spirit had returned, and then she burned down her house. And he's all like, "Ah, yes, you were baptized and reborn in fire." <laughs> uh, like, yeah, I mean, she is going through their rituals even before she met them. Yes. Uh, I can't wait to find out what the farm does that requires you to cover yourself in pig's blood just to make a point to your mother. Yeah. I want to see the farm ritual where you uh, break into a hospital and pinch someone's oxygen hose. Yeah. (laughs) When's Kevin going to do that one? So meanwhile, Archie uh, is now hanging with Pop at Pops with Mad Dog and Baby Teeth and some other dudes that we don't actually talk to, but <laughs> we assume are in the booths behind them because they have all gotten pardoned. They are all out. Um, they are all enjoying some burgers as free men. Um, I'm just hoping he takes care of his baby ducks better than Betty did. Yeah, they're they are vulnerable. Uh, well, Mad Dog, uh, wants to find his family, mm-hmm. and everyone else is like, we have nowhere to go. So Archie, what does he do? He takes them home to his really dusty gym. <laughs> well, maybe they can, uh, do, do some spot cleaning. And he's gonna get them a lot of cots. Yes. And he introduces them to sh- former Sheriff Keller. 
mm-hmm. who apparently knows this is happening. I guess. I guess Archie called him earlier and was like, hey, got did, a bunch of dudes out of jail. Did Archie hire Tom Keller to be his gym's I mean, resident trainer? Keller doesn't have a job, so I guess he needs one. <laughs> is, is this just his hobby? He's volunteering as the trainer? I don't know. I don't know. But all the dudes are excited to do some boxing. Absolutely. You know, do do what you know. They have one marketable skill. We, we go check in on Jughead and the serpents, mm-hmm. and the serpents are all out. Uh, looking for the drugs and the, the gargoyles hanging on the wires. And we get this montage of Jughead answering the radio and communicating with dudes out on the field and then marking stuff on maps. I need to see this map. I need a close-up. I need to know where L&L is on it. This seems to be just city center. Like, the streets were fairly dense, so I wouldn't expect to see it. Maybe, like, a in-the-margin L&L this way would be nice. Yes. But... The, the layout does look pretty similar to the map we saw at the beginning of the season uh, that Dilton had, uh, where Jug had figured out that uh, his G&G game was set in Riverdale and how they found the sex hole originally. Ah, uh, the sex hole. Yeah. So there, there is some consistency, some continuity in the map, I, but I, I want like a, a print or a PDF or something, because, like, Jughead's copy is the whole wall of this ex-gargoyle hangout that that they've claimed. Yes. Uh, I I gotta know. I gotta know where Elm Street is in relation to everything else. I do like... That the the circus lady mm-hmm. from the like tent city yes has made it into their hangout yes so Jughead gets a call that there's gargoyles on the wire and he he rushes out to meet them there one last street corner there is a transaction happening and they bust in and grab the dealer and they're like dude we don't want you we just want the dealer. And then he flashes his badge, and then FP comes screaming out of the back of a van. Mm-hmm. They had competing stings. So then we go join FP, who is still screaming <laughs> in the house. Remember that story where, like, there were two undercover Detroit police officers, and one was trying to sell drugs to the other, and then they shot each other, and it was only later they found out they were both cops? Vaguely. That's this scene, basically? Yeah. Again, FP is screaming. Uh, so Jughead has to scream back a bit. Not enough boys in the world can, <laughs> can cover his anger. Um, that, you know, well, you know, you you told us to be your eyes and the, your ears. He's like, yeah, but you didn't report back anything, you <laughs> stupid head. <laughs> you weren't saying you were seeing anything. You were doing the work of hands. <laughs> Those are a completely those, different body Those part. are not eyes and ears. You need to go back to school, boy. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Yeah. Yes. Learn your body parts. My neck, my back, jug head. You are not on the list. Um, so Gladys takes this as an opportunity to uh, try to sabotage the serpents by saying, well, yeah, you know, maybe this deputy thing isn't a good idea. Ooh. Like, maybe we should just stop it. Jughead's like, no, like, shut up, but no, don't mm-hmm, listen to her. Mm-hmm. And FP warns him if that 
if he finds out that if any of them are taking the law into their hands again, he's going to throw them all in jail. Mm-hmm. And he storms out to probably go watch some cartoons with Jelly Bean. Yeah. It's time for Star, Jughead. I don't have time for this shit. <laughs> Come on, Jelly Bean. We're going to watch Macross. What's gonna that? Sh- going to show you the good shit from when I was a kid. Oh. <laughs> the whole family's into anime, dear. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. All of them. Okay. FP loves giant robots. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, That's why they're going to adopt Fangs. <laughs> Because he's a giant robot? Because he's an anime. Oh. So, meanwhile, at the gym, Archie and Mad Dog are having a little sparring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Elio just waltzes in. All oh, fabulous. Elio and your suit. And uh, he he propositions them. To box. To box for him. FYI. <laughs> D-E-A. Uh. I want you to box. With your penises. That's called a sword fight, dear. Elio doesn't know this. <laughs> He's not down with those things. Archie, I want to talk to uh, some of your associates. Have they heard of fraudage? <laughs> I have not. What's that? So uh, Veronica goes to her parents uh, and lets them know uh, she would like them to see a marriage counselor. <laughs> and they laugh in her face. And she's like, well, fine, then. Maybe we should call the Monsignor. Because mm-hmm. remember, marriage is ordained by God. And this is where it starts falling into place for me. Like, oh, she's just really Catholic. And this makes sense from her, like, uh, uh, baptism episode. I don't know about her personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but, like, she's really invested in the traditions of the Catholic she, Church. She's got the traditional cultural aspects yeah, of the she, Catholic Church ingrained in her. Yeah, and so, like, she doesn't believe in divorce. She does not accept divorce as an option. But we're okay with For, murder, theft, uh, destroying other people's lives. Yeah, as long as you do it, as long as you go to confession and you do your penance. See, this right here is exactly why I have issues with religion. <laughs> but, this fucking stuff. But for her parents to dissolve their marriage in the eyes of the church, they would have to get an annulment. They would have they would have to say that they never were really married. And I also and what don't would that under- mean for her? Okay, I also don't fucking understand annulments. Bring it up with the Pope. How is that okay with everything else they're not okay with? Pope, I know you're listening. We know this is your secret pleasure. I I know you're getting transcripts of this into whatever language you're most comfortable with. Perhaps Latin, but likely Spanish. I would love for our show to be translated into Latin. (laughs) (laughs) Are there any Latin majors out there that can do that? What's Latin for fraudage? (laughs) Someone's going to answer that. (laughs) We are going to get a tweet that lets us know. Dear God, I hope we do. (laughs) Dear God, that would be... Hey, everyone, let us know what that is in a different language, any language. That would be the best tweet we get this week, and that's saying something because earlier we got a reply from Avery Alder saying, "You're welcome, Sex Archie," and it made my day. I uh, didn't know what that she was. is the she's the designer of Monster Hearts and Monster Hearts Two and uh, uh, Dream Askew. I, she is buried without ceremony. The the um, studio essentially. She's a tabletop game designer. Okay. 
uh, Veronica. It's all about how she's, you know, fighting for her family. Um, and she brings up the fact, like, hey, Dad, you tried to kill my boyfriend a lot, but I still stuck with you. I still stuck with family because that's what Jesus wants. <laughs> and I'm like, problems with religion right here. I just love that when she brings up how many times he tried to kill Archie, he calls it water under the bridge. And she's like, no, <laughs> you tried to kill him. Look, I got him a gym. He's a small business owner with no revenue. But hey, it's it's up to you to decide what you do with the opportunities you're given. And uh, Hiram finally shuts her up by saying, grow up and accept it. Mm -hmm. The ship has sailed. Things are done. Betty and Veronica have a nice little check-in mm -hmm. uh, in the girls' bathroom at school where Betty wants to know, like, what, what was Edgar like? Um, and Cheryl informs us that we can count him among the hot dads of Riverdale because he is a yummy snack. Yes. So uh, uh, one more bit of evidence for Cheryl the vampire. Very excited for that subplot to develop. <laughs> This this poor girl who just wants to pee comes in, mm -hmm. and Cheryl snaps at her, excuse me, we are having a private conversation, and this poor girl looks terrified and scutters out, mm -hmm. just runs away, Eight. and then she snaps back to, uh, like, okay, now what, Betty? <laughs> Eight seasons from now, when we get to graduation, mm -hmm. uh, there's going to be a memorial for this girl who died of kidney disease. <laughs> Of a urinary tract infection because she's going to pee. Yes. But then uh, Cheryl does say uh, something very creepy that Betty catches on to a little bit uh, about how she kind of enjoyed talking to Eddie. Mm-hmm. Eddie? 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 Who framed Roger Rabbit? Maybe it's Eddie Munster. Oh. Hiding in a closet. Oh. Yeah. No one is in the closet in Riverdale. I'm sorry. <laughs> That we know well, of. Well, there's a closet they don't want us to go in. That is true. And Jughead was in the closet. Like, literally. <laughs> he was in the closet. Under the stairs. Remember when he was homeless? Yeah. That's he was a, living in a closet? That's a long time ago. Yeah, you forgot. And he just referenced it like two episodes it's ago. It's water under the bridge. <laughs> well, that is what Aaron would say, because he was the reason that Jughead was homeless. That's true. That's true. Archie has taken Baby Teeth back to Pops for another burger. The person named Baby Teeth, by the way. He, he isn't making <laughs> some very strange DIY dentures. Let me just put my Baby Teeth out here on the table. Yes, Pops, we would like 12 burgers. Me and my Baby Teeth. Ever since you came back from Canada, Archie, you've been different. I want the tiny burgers, because they are tiny teeth. <laughs> With tiny milkshakes. No, no. One milkshake. 20 straws. <laughs> <laughs> and then he holds up each individual tooth to a straw. Uh, Sip, my babies. Sip. Uh, <laughs> everyone's turned this off. Uh, but um, all I'm thinking is baby teeth is going to become really fat. <laughs> because all he's done so far since coming to Riverdale is go to Bops and eat. Well, look at Jughead. He's doing fine. He's got a nice trim waistline <laughs> and he's eating five breakfasts a day. Well, Baby Teeth isn't used to this. He's been in jail yeah. where they give him like gruel. He doesn't understand portion control yet. Yeah. 
Uh, so Mad Dog comes in and we find out that he found his grandma and his little brother, but they are living in a gargoyle-infested drug palace. And in that convenient, I this show really, really does not do contrived, like, you know, plot advanced by coincidence like this no. very often. But when they do, it just lands with a thud. Like, <laughs> I don't... I don't mind all of the uh, character switches just to, like, heighten the drama. And then you spend next episode explaining why they reacted in a way that surprised you. Like this week with Veronica. Yeah. But when it's like, oh, that place you didn't know, that place you were looking for, but I didn't know you were looking for, I found it for you, Archie. It happens to be where my family was. Yeah. Like, it's fiction. They could have found it a thousand ways. Archie's like, oh, well, we'll get them out. And he's like, my grandma? No, the gargoyles. <laughs> Look, I only help move people when they're close personal friends. It's so stressful. If I knew your grandma, yes, but I only know you. <laughs> we can't put her possibly up in, I don't know, one of the spare bedrooms we have in one of these giant houses we all live in. No. How's your grandma feel about sex holes? Nobody's using that lately. Meanwhile, uh, Hermione screams Mm -hmm. over a package that has been left on her desk. And inside, well, we don't find out, we don't know what it is until much later because we, there wasn't a close up enough of it. No, it's in the foreground, most fuzzy, most of the time, because focus is held by uh, Hermione in the midground. But it is a pair of dead fish. And I'm like, in newspaper. Okay, so. Not that scary. It could have been like a cow's head. But it's like sleeping with the fishes. It is fishes. It is. Uh, Hermione is terrified because someone somehow knew she was a Pisces. And that's privileged information. It would have been cool if it was like a scary looking fish, like a piranha. (laughs) Instead of just, I don't know, a trout. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I get what they were going for once they explained it to me. Yeah. But not that scary. I'm like, oh. Fish. It's scary because she sees this as a poisoning attempt because everyone knows all of the uh, the mercury poisoning in Sweetwater River. That is oh. strictly catch and release, those fish. Yeah. Yes. I thought maybe it was because they haven't been refrigerated for a while and she was going to get, like, food poisoning. <laughs> e. coli! <laughs> so, yes, yeah, she's very upset and she has to tell Veronica why she's very upset. So, Archie... Goes to Jughead to let him know that it's true. He drove by the gargoyle apartment building and there were lots of gargoyles. And, uh, should we go to your dad? No, we can't go to my dad. He's going to throw us all in jail. Uh, so the best thing to do is for us all to decide as a group to break the law and not listen to my dad and go take them down. Mm-hmm. But the serpents aren't alone. They're going to have Mad Dog, Baby Teeth, Thumper, the anonymous L&L kids. <laughs> the other anonymous serpents that have joined that we don't know their names hey, of. Hey, we know Jinx. We, we got a lot of names in the, the CB radio section. Yeah, I couldn't catch them all. It was very fast. I really want that to be Lil Jinx all grown up so I bad. I think it is. I think it is. Cannot be a coincidence. It can't not be Lil Jinx. Betty is listening on her wire again, and we forgot to really talk about it. It's like an old-timey wire, like with yes. the tape wheels and everything. Mm-hmm. It's very, like, 70s AV club. Yeah. Her headphones are, are antique, practically. The, the, like, yellowing plastic. Mm-hmm. It's so good. 
Uh, so Cheryl is back at the farm. 1978 Sears catalog electronics section. Yeah. Yes. Uh, she is asking Edgar about the tapes from all the interviews because they tape the interviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, well, where, where do you store them? Uh, do you keep extra copies? She's not very subtle about this. No. No. Um, and Edgar uh, lets her know that he would like to show her something that's very illuminating. And as they move... And we are all listening to this. We are not seeing this happening. We are listening as Betty's listening. We are, we are watching Betty's shocked, worried face as the, the conversation takes a turn. And as they turn and twist through the hallways, uh, and, and the signal breaks up more and more until... Uh, Cheryl finds what she's about to be found, and her signal is entirely lost to static. Yes. What we do know, though, is that she was led to the broom closet that was dismissed by Kevin when Betty asked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and and it, she the door is opened, and she is allowed in. But that is all we get before it is cut off, and, and Betty is very shook. Very shook. A- anytime they let Lily Reinhardt just tell a story with her face... Yes. It's going to be a pretty good scene. It's it's what she does. Yeah. Face and wrists. Yeah. So the next morning uh, at school, Betty finds Cheryl and she's like, why didn't you call me? I called you a dozen times. <laughs> I texted you. I was fine. Read your texts, Bets. Come on. Uh, Welcome to the future. And Cheryl lets her know that she is done being a mole because it is disrespectful and illegal. And, and Betty's like, well, yeah, I was going to say, actually, we should stop before anyone catches on. So you don't have to go anymore. Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep going to the farm. Mm-hmm. It's too late, Betty. It's too late. You sent Cheryl into a place that offers, like, a lot of positive reinforcement and praise and love and expected her to want to leave? <laughs> yeah. Like, do you not know your cousin? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, meanwhile, Veronica goes to yell at her dad about why he sent her mom dead fish. Mm-hmm. Did, did you send dead fish to mom? Did you? <laughs> he doesn't really care about this, but he's. she's like, no, you have to protect her. You can't shun her in public. She she is a target. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Get, get all the divorces you want, but, it, but smile for the camera. Yes. For, for mom's safety's sake. Yes. And two scenes from now, we do get Hiram giving the speech in front of the jail, surrounded by his family, mm-hmm. uh, and talking about how he wouldn't be there without the love of his daughter and his wife. But I, you can tell he gets less excited about the wife. I love his awkward speech cadence. Yeah. Hiram Lodge is played by an actor at all moments. Yes. He could be as comfortable as he is in the world, but like... Watch any CEO at a ribbon-cutting ceremony, and they are not comfortable at all in their skin. Yeah. <laughs> it, he gets that cadence perfectly, the the sort of monotone, stiff delivery so well. And yes. I really appreciate that, that detail. In a few months, we will see Bob Iger at Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. It's, it's exactly what you're going to see there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Jughead and Betty um, seem to have had a fun night. Yeah. There's some naked cuddles Very going on. Very naked cuddles. Uh, and as Jughead says, they're having some of the best pillow talk. 
But that pillow talk is... About Betty wanting to sneak into the uh, to the new farm location to get the tapes. Mm-hmm. And about Jughead going and raiding a gargoyle house. Yeah. Like you do. They've got a big day ahead of themselves. Yep. So uh, we get right to it. Jughead is, is uh, laid the plan. They are all at the the apartment building to raid um, with like bats and and crowbars and stuff and bare fists. Yeah, Archie's deadliest weapons. They go up the stairs, branching they're, off at different levels. They're, yeah, they're dividing up a, a crew for each floor. They're using their their silent hand signals. Yes. Uh, baby see, Teeth is left uh, at the front door to, like, guard their rear and keep lookout. Yeah. And we see that there are drugs cooking in certain places. Mm-hmm. Um, There's graffiti all over the, the walls and doors that we see in this... Uh, apartment building. A lot of it is, of course, Gargoyle King runes. Yes. But on one door, there, there's a, a young family that, like, sticks their head out, and Mad Dog is just like, shh, get back, stay back. On their door is written in bubble letters, not my president. Not my president. like, you know what? Fine. Cool. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> Jughead co- is is has made his way to the top, kind of alone, and he comes across a masked figure who then starts starts just fucking shooting at him. Yes, with and he a has gun. to like dive and avoid. But this is the signal uh, for for all the gargoyles to hop out of the doors and attack everyone else. Our our two gangs of heroes are standing waiting uh, for their go signal in the hallways, but they are immediately sandwiched in a, in a punch man's crossfire. Yes. Uh, uh, as the doors burst open and gargoyles spill forth. Um, so Jughead misses getting shot and grabs a fire extinguisher to, to take out the gargoyle that's been going after him mm-hmm. but while he's doing S- that sprays him as a distraction then clangs him in the skull with the fire extinguisher and while he's doing that another one comes from behind but Archie comes out of nowhere and like pummels him yeah when the action starts we, we see the camera pan up from like the first floor ambush like there, there's this simultaneous five-way fight scene uh that is Really fun to watch for, like, the three seconds that it lasts. Why so short, though? Because the camera continues rising up through the floors, and we're getting a a triptych of the entire uh, apartment block at war. Uh, Archie just, like, judo flips some fool as... as yeah. That's trying to jump him is great. Then a, a bunch more come, and, you know, Mad Dog's fighting them, and it's like, Jughead Archie, go! And so they keep going. Mad Dog continues to specialize in one-on-many fights. Yes. Uh, and so they continue up. He's he's the Fezzik of the group. When they get to another level, there is all this... Well, they zoom in on one thing, and I couldn't really tell what it was. I think it's all the guns. Was it guns? I think it's all the guns that uh, the gargoyles have okay. been stockpiling. That makes sense, because then the camera zooms, and it's all the, like, stolen, I think, equipment from, like, the school. It's it's their major cook site. Yes. And then, suddenly, there's a gun on Archie, but Jughead smashes the door this person's popping out of on his hand till the gun drops, and, yeah. like, they grab him, and it ends up being Kurt's. Mm-hmm. Uh, who they like zip tie his arms together, 
and start heading back down, and Mad Dog is still fighting everyone. So Archie, like, dives in to help with the fighting, mm-hmm. and Jughead continues to drag Kurtz downstairs, but Kurtz is all like, I'm ready to ascend. Are you? And he, like, kicks against the wall and kicks them out a boarded-up window, and they go flying, I don't know, three to four f- floors down to the ground. Four whole feet. Think that's it? Practically speaking, no. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're they're on second floor minimum. Yes. Uh, but they they land on each other in a, a heap. The uh, impact of the fall has broken the zip tie bonds. So uh, and Jughead took the worst of it because yes. he was on the bottom. So Kurtz takes off running, and, and Baby Teeth goes after him into the woods. Yes. And I really thought like Jughead. I mean, he was up. But I thought he was going to have, like, a broken arm or something. He, he's up, but he is feeling that fall. He's feeling it, but he's not actually injured, and that bugs me, because I'm like, you would have something. <laughs> something. It rained a lot recently. The ground's very soft. Yeah. Very soft. Yes, so that that is where we end that. And then we go check in on the Lodge household, mm-hmm. where the Monsignor is leaving from seeing Hiram, and uh, we find out that he was delivering the good news that their marriage has been annulled. That means that they have to go to confession for every time they had sex, because that is now all out of wedlock, because they were never really married. This is what I don't fucking understand! How is that seen as better? Well, because a lot of kings did it, and some kings didn't like it. So then we had uh, the, the Reformation, and you might learn some about the Reformation and, and the, the Counter-Reformation if you listen to History <laughs> Honeys. Yeah. So Hiram goes off about how this is still good, though. Uh, Hermione's still under his protection. Um, and oh, by the way, Veronica, I know that you sent your mother those dead fish. Look, we've been talking about how invested in cultural Catholicism Veronica is. Yes. It's Lent. She wanted a fish fry for dinner. She, that was the shopping. Yeah. Yes. That's what that was. And she goes off or lets on that, like, yeah, she was hoping that if she could get them together uh, to pretend that they cared about each other, that maybe eventually the pretending would become real again. Yeah, she wanted to do the thing I said in my predictions last episode, and it meant going fishing one morning. Yep. Jughead uh, storms home to his mom to confront her about all the guns the gargoyles have Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. she has obviously supplied them with and how they all could have been killed. And she's like, well, you know, like, maybe you shouldn't be snooping around. You're not (laughs) supposed to be. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't do home invasions. I mean, that's castle doctrine. That's probably the law in Riverdale. Who knows? Uh, And so he's like, okay, fine. You know, we just need to put everything on the table. Dad needs to know everything. And she's like, no, no, he doesn't. This is between you and me. He's like, well, fine. You caught me by surprise, but we're going to get you. You're not going to catch me by surprise again. This was a surprise attack he launched. Yes. I mean, they they were mutually surprised. They were mutually surprised. They only found this place because Archie's friend's grandma lives in a rough neighborhood. Yes. But yes, so they have a good standoff, Mm -hmm, stare mm -hmm. down, grrr, matching. Meanwhile, Betty is sneaking into the farm. Yes. uh, And she goes to the closet. Bobby pin powers. Yes, as she bobby pins it open, and then suddenly the speaker goes on, and she has a good, like, (gasps) what happened to me moment. 
But it's just the the PA announcement for everybody. She uh, got in during the big open house. Yes. Uh, and so the the announcement is just about the the next thing on the open house agenda, which so is just, welcoming <gasps> Cheryl. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, so this announcement keeps going uh, as she sneaks around in this giant closet. It's a it's a great big records management room. Lots of steel racks with uh, old dusty bankers boxes full of cassette tapes. She she finds the Cooper tapes and the Blossom tapes. They're because they're kept alphabetically by last name. It would seem yes. No sense. Not if you're an organization on the grow. Yeah. Because you're going to have to, like, find your F box every time you get, you know, the Franklin family joining. And maybe that kicks something out into the next. uh, No, you keep them by date taken. And then you keep a digital record indexing the, the tape number by date to the name so you can easily search and find. Obviously. Obviously, they haven't hired someone to handle this. That's why they're doing all those interviews. <laughs> they're trying to find their like new administrative assistant. Yeah, yeah. Back at the gym, Mad Dog comes to Archie, and we find out that uh, no one has seen baby teeth since the raid. <gasps> oh, no. Baby teeth fell out of the gang. Mad Dog's family is good. Elio has hooked them up with a house. Yeah. And we find out that Mad Dog has teamed up with Elio because he doesn't really have other options. Yeah. Because... He's a pardoned criminal. So jobs, jobs are hard. Jobs are hard. He, he doesn't have connections. He doesn't have an education. He doesn't he, have a gym just dropped in his lap. He doesn't have money in the bank. I mean, Archie has great advice and he appreciates being told not to trust Elio. But like, Elio's got cash and that's kind of what Mad Dog needs right now. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Betty goes to she- see Cheryl and she puts down Cheryl's tapes in front of her, um, mm-hmm. letting her know that they have nothing on you. You don't have to go back. And she's like, what What are you talking about? Like, I'm going to go back. And Betty does not understand this because she's like, you don't listen to anyone. Why the <laughs> hell are you listening to Edgar? This is a thing. This is a thing I was, I was thinking. Yeah. Before this scene, one of my predictions was that Cheryl is either going to rise through the ranks very, very quickly because... She, that's the only way they can keep her, uh, is not having her take instructions from anyone, or she's going to leave very quickly because she does not take instruction from anyone. Yeah. We find out, though, that this is all about Jason. Mm. They have let her see Jason. Yes. And Betty's very confused. She's like, you what? Did a seance? You mean like a seance or something? You heard him? Like, like hypnosis? No, no, no. Cheryl saw him, flesh and blood. She talked to him. The farm gave her back her brother, and she will not give back the farm. I would like to point out that Cheryl has no red lipstick on during the scene. Her <laughs> face is, like, clean. Yeah. It's like she is, like, transitioned. Mm-hmm. She's doing the natural look, like Evelyn, like Alice lately. Like hippie Alice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like Alice has suddenly put a little bit more back on. She's not well, quite as... Now she's, like, glamour hippie because she can wear all white. She's got that TV job to think yeah. about, yeah. So Betty asks her mom to meet her at Pops be- because she wanted to ask her in person. The reason you're obsessed with the farm is it because they let you talk to Charles. And after like a moment of being taken aback, she just comes out with it like, yeah, 
and you know he's beautiful and wonderful and you know uh, you should uh, you should meet your brother you would really like him he's 37 <laughs> so betty's like can i meet him and alice is like charles no edgar <laughs> want to meet fucking edgar <laughs> Uh, so Betty, uh, is sitting at the desk in the chamber, and Edgar comes in, talking about how he was always wondering when he was finally gonna get to meet her. And he lets her know that, well, and I know you took those tapes, but, like, I can always have them record their testimony again, or, you know, I have my backups. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't just have one copy. She's like, what do you want to know? Everything. Start from the beginning. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So then uh, we we catch up with Jughead and Archie and an unnamed serpent dude mm-hmm. uh, hands over a chalice. I'm just going to say that one's Jinx. I have no evidence okay. for this. Jinx hands over a chalice uh, that is not filled with the blue liquid. It is filled with a quest card and a tooth. A baby tooth. The quest card is to uh, defang the young wolf. Archie's like, baby teeth, like, oh no, it's him. And Jughead's like, or what's left of him. I'm, I'm sorry, Jughead, I, I hate to disagree, but I'm pretty sure the rest of him is still out there. It just doesn't fit in a goblet. They have not dissolved his body in acid. That would still be many goblets full. Like, it's you, you gotta work with what you got. Uh, so then we, we catch up with FP, who is walking through the woods because there was a call from a hiker. Mm-hmm. And uh, he comes to the clearing where there is Baby Teeth, who has been sacrificed with the gargoyle symbols carved into him. Lying prostrate, uh, very reminiscent of the beginning of the season, except he's still clothed. He's just like his, his shirt's, his shirt's been, been torn open to allow for the, the carving of runes. And the, uh, the gargoyle king symbol, like uh, effigy, a lot less elaborate than uh, the one Ben Button and Dilton were found at. Yeah. Which means progress. They're they're really sticking it to these gargoyles. Yeah, they're they're less able to to lash together effigies of their god. We we close on this episode by FP just staring at Baby Tooth's bloody mouth. Yeah. The end. That's gross. It's very gross. So, darling, what'd you think? What'd you think? I always go first. <laughs> Uh, you never give me a chance to ask that. I alluded to it before, but I think the, the greatest strength of this episode is in grounding uh, Veronica's reaction and, and exploring why this divorce uh, is such a big deal for her, even though she's well aware that the relationship is bad. And other other circumstances, circumstances like, well, not my parents, mm-hmm. she would say, actually, that's for the best. Yeah. But, like, making it be about protecting her mother's safety and uh, her her own cultural beliefs, as well as, like, that, that feeling of being betrayed. Like, I always thought this was true. It's not true anymore. Mm-hmm. The more relatable, at least personally relatable side of that. Like, th- those three legs of the tripod make Veronica's reaction ring more true to me. I'm glad they spent, they developed that a bit more because, mm-hmm. like... It was a bit over the top for someone who's like, how do you not see that your parents are horrible? <laughs> and that's always been something I've kind of struggled with with her about how like much she just really wants her family to like be together. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but they're fucking terrible. But it's the only family she's got. 
And like if this were a show that allowed for happy endings, you could see this leading her down a path to like loving her found family the same way and 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 finding finding in actuality what she thinks she's getting from her family, but from Betty and Archie and and all of her pals. Mm-hmm. That's not this show. This show doesn't do happy endings. Uh, but I think the the second strength of this episode is the the action choreography. This is good like, action. The raid itself was very good. Yeah. I liked, like, the raid. <laughs> the, the titular like, raid. The conversation over the radio with the serpents, like, that whole that montage. Was that was A lot of that action stuff was really good. And I liked how we got kind of a buildup of how desperate Jughead is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how organized and how dedicated. Yes. In, in, that, in that scene that is basically him answering the phone a lot. Yeah. Managing to rack up tension. That's 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 good work. That's Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just loved like the Betty Cheryl team up. Mm-hmm. That did not turn into so much of a team up after a while, but the stuff with the wire. Uh-huh. Um I think this the thing that's very odd is after like coming off the musical episode, mm-hmm. this episode seems so tame and slow <laughs> in ways. Yeah. But like we were saying like last week, not that much actually happened. It was just like, because <laughs> there was so much to talk about with the songs. It almost makes this week seem like nothing happened. But there was five bajillion things happening. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I, I like that the uh, cousin team up failed because of like fundamental misunderstandings. Yes. Like they don't get each other. No. And they never have. And that's why this didn't work. Yeah. Like, Betty, <laughs> you should have seen this coming. <laughs> if you knew Cheryl, like we know Cheryl. Because <laughs> as soon as like Evelyn approached her last week, I was like, oh, fuck, she's going to just go down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For, for all of the manipulation she likes to do, Cheryl has her own vulnerabilities to manipulation. <laughs> Cheryl is very, very susceptible to manipulation. Just nobody else in this town is dumb enough to try. Yeah. (laughs) Well, darling, let's talk about some predictions, shall we? What do you think is going to happen next? Jughead and Gladys are going to come to such a point Mm -hmm. that either Gladys is going to, like, scalp him. She is very interested in his curly locks. Well, I mean, like, it's like she's going to carve him up like Penny. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or we're going to find out that Penny still exists and Gladys is going to set Penny on Jughead. Ooh. You know what I think is going to happen between the two of them? What? Jughead is going to come up with a plan, with some tactic that requires help uh, on the inside of the family. And he's going to go to Jellybean in order to back him up, which is when he will find out that Jellybean was involved all along when she betrays him. Oh, yeah. I said that a while ago. Okay, fine. I'm pretty sure I said that Jellybean was going to, like, betray him. Well, you'll never know because you don't listen back to our show. <laughs> but that's something I've been thinking is that there there would be either, like, a moment of betrayal between mm-hmm. them where he would find out and he would be so incredibly crushed to find out that Jellybean was working against him. Well, I think they're going to fucking kill Kurtz <laughs> because they're going to think that he went after Baby Teeth. I mean, it makes sense. Yes. I think that some of the other L&L pardoned Mm -hmm. dudes are going to join the serpents for revenge Uh on baby teeth. Ooh, maybe Archie will become like a real serpent 
to get revenge. <laughs> he has the tattoo. Ooh, yes, he's going to get his leather jacket. Yeah. And then and then they're going to like team up to seek revenge. I think in Archie's young boxing career, he will rig a fight. He will take a fall. Yeah. He wouldn't do it to to help himself. He will do it to help Mad Dog. Yeah. He's going to go down to to help Mad Dog uh, either get the cash he needs or protect him from making that mistake himself. Because it's going to be a moment where Mad Dog's like, this is my last fight. He said I can get out now. Mm. He said that if I like do this, I'm free. And then Archie will be like, okay, so that way you can be free, Mad Dog. Go live with your family. I gotta say, I love the Ar- the Archie Jughead team up that's been going on. Yes. With Betty there sometimes, not like it's just been good. <laughs> um, I I do think that FP is going to be escalated to the point that he does throw Jughead in jail. Yeah. And that will be a turning moment mm-hmm. in things that are happening what if jughead becomes a worse person when he's in jail what if they're perfect opposites yeah yes what if he pushes his family away instead of bringing <laughs> them closer what do you think they are seeing what that do is I think bringing people back from the dead i mean my first thought when it was just jason was that the blossom men come in pairs that, you know, going back to your long-lost triplet idea from much earlier in season three. That's why I think uh, uh, Jason got pulled in. Mm-hmm. It's because he found out about a triplet. <laughs> and he was seeing their dead triplet there. Could be, could be. But, I mean, I guess Charles could be anybody that is just saying they're Charles. Maybe that's it. There, There's a one or a small group of highly trained, like cold readers, improvisers <laughs> that are being all these people with like a makeup team and the assistance of Fizzle Rocks. They are using the essential oils of Fizzle Rocks uh, through a oil diffuser uh-huh. in a closet that's basically going all H.H. Holmes on their ass <laughs> and making them hallucinate mm-hmm. their dead sibling while playing tapes of other recordings oh and like pictures and imagery flashing on the wall and stuff and they think that's what it is so so it's just a a drug haze uh hallucination that that is guided by their own recorded testimony yes but with edgar up against a mic Mm -hmm. like going all disney world style with talking mickey (laughs) like talking and answering their questions Uh uh-huh uh-huh yeah so Our touchstones for this Uh are the talking Mickey Mouse meet and greet. (laughs) H.H. Holmes. H.H. Holmes. Cool. Uh Uh-huh. Or my other prediction, which I really don't think it's what it actually is, but there's like a wormhole. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to put it out there. There might be one. Magic wormholes. I I guess that's sort of what the gateway to limbo is. Yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, that's what it is. It's they're going to the they're gateway going to, to limbo. limbo. Okay. Yeah. All right. Be careful that you can really trust whoever's on the other side of that string. But I am really I really want to focus on the fact that I am going with the triplet theory. Okay. And that's what took Jason there to begin with, connecting him to the farm was that there was this other triplet and and then it was like the spiraling effect. Okay, so our farm members are there because of a great personal loss, usually a death. Uh-huh. Polly and Cheryl there are sharing Jason. 
Mm-hmm. Alice has lost her son twice. Mm-hmm. Is Kevin there for Joaquin? His dead mom or Joaquin. I'm going with Kevin's Joaquin. Kevin's there for Joaquin. Joaquin. Maybe he's finally dealing with it. My God. Maybe when we find out whatever the, this uh, is, <gasps> we will see it Joaquin. in the guise of Joaquin. <gasps> oh, I want this so bad. Joaquin cameo. From Beyond the Grave. From Beyond the Grave. Okay, it's Joaquin. Joaquin looks hazy and then uh, dissolves and reveals it is Edgar doing like a a cold read channeling thing with, yes, diffuser oil fizzle rocks. (gasps) That's what it is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If it's not fucking that, (laughs) I might be done with this show. I might be done. Well, then it's time to talk about what we know is going to happen on our next episode. First thing we know is that it airs April the 17th. So that's uh, two Wednesdays off. We're going to try to bring you something in the meantime. Yeah. But you won't get a regular episode recap until April the 17th because there will not be one to recap. That episode is called Jawbreaker, at least for now. Yeah, that might change. Jawbreaker is the 1999 uh, theatrical flop later cult hit uh, about a bunch of teens that uh, at the prank kidnap one of their friends she dies there there are events that spiral from there fuck the the loser girl who knows what they did blackmails them into making her the most popular girl in school all sorts of fallout happens Mm -hmm. Uh, it stars judy greer in an early role and i love judy greer yeah. Oh, it also has Rose McGowan. Yes, it has pre-fucked forever by uh, Weinstein, that fucking asshole, Rose McGowan. Round Charmed? I don't know when she went on Charmed. <laughs> but in the trailer, we saw a whole lot of very little things, like documents and pictures burning, Archie being in some manner of sanctioned fight, and Betty threatening to kill Evelyn Evernever. We also see Kurtz getting arrested, I think. Hey, that's the end of that subplot. Done and dusted. Maybe, or they're like trying to arrest him. I'm not sure. <laughs> so again, that is going to come out in three weeks time. In the meantime, why not follow us on social media at sex underscore Archie? Yeah. You can uh, check in on what we're doing in the meantime, things we think are funny, and see announcements for if and when we do have a bonus episode coming at you in this gap. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcast listening place of choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also tell a friend, uh, tell them in person, tell them online. Just drop it in the Discord, in the Slack, in the group chat. It's all going down in the group DM. In fact, what's going down? Links to sex, Archie. I thought you were just going to say links to sex. That's a different group DM. I don't have that DM with anyone. No, that's not what happens in the Dog Park Moms (laughs) WhatsApp group. Well, I don't know. My app is apparently out of date, and I don't have enough room on my phone to update it. (laughs) I haven't been down with what's going on Mm -hmm. with those moms. Probably some dogs puking. <laughs> a lot of, did anyone else's dog puke today? Is there a thing going around? <laughs> no, we're all good. Okay. We we mentioned her earlier today, but let me tell you why we had a social media uh, interaction. 
with Avery Alder. Just today, she released publicly to the world a playbook for Monster Hearts 2 directly inspired by Jughead Jones as portrayed on Riverdale. Nice. It's called the Cerberus. You can find it again on our our Twitter page or just by going to uh, buriedwithoutceremony.com, following through to Monster Hearts. And it's in all the free downloads there. It's a... it's a playbook character about, you know, being a guardian between a light world and a dark world and has a lot of fun moves for, like, investigating things. So with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And from us here at Sex Archie, he is a yummy snack. Sugar. Ah, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Break it down, boy. Rocking you, break it down, come on! And you got me, and you got me, and you got me!